What's up, everybody? How is it going? Oh my goodness, what is going on? Let's hide this. Ah, there's Sean. There's me. Oh, we're on this new thing, and it's driving me crazy. Still learning it. Uh, so I'm Justin Evans, your host, and we have also your co-host, Sean Silva. Sean, you're muted. Now you're not. Now? There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We will get the hang of this whole live thing. Um, yes, we will. <laughs> Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. I was uh, really enjoying that. I want to call it hold music. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what it is. That's pretty good, man. Where did that come from? That, I like that. That's actually like a built-in thing for the StreamYard software that we're using oh, right now. Well, so, thanks, Streamer. You're right. Yeah, yeah uh, it's yeah. got a couple built-ins there. So uh, it's been a while. It's been a, almost a month since we've done this, the, the two of us together, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a busy month. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to just keep getting busier and busier. Uh, but I'm glad that we can start doing like a Saturday thing. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's going to be cool. So. Oh, it looks like Tom says we locked up. Uh-oh. Tom said we locked up. Tom who? Tom McGuire. Tom McGuire. Uh, weird. The Hi, Tom. Hi Tom, how are you? Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get unlocked up. I don't know why we would be locked up, but we'll uh, we'll kind of keep going. Um, but all right, so today um, I think we already kind of decided on the topic, obviously from the title of this, and we are talking about like copyright in the church. And I am personally have made two videos about this uh, recently. Uh, and it's been a big thing. Um, I made the first video right before Easter. And I posted it because it was something that my church uh, was dealing with a lot on our live stream. And, you know, I periodically was seeing people posting about it and how to fix it. And no one really had an answer. Um, and then Easter hit. And, oh, my gosh. I mean, I probably, between the couple of groups that I'm in on Facebook, probably saw 20 or 30 people post about copyright issues. Mm. Um, and so I made my video about how to avoid copyright issues for your live streams. So go check those out on, on my YouTube channel where you're watching this most likely. Um, but today what we're going to talk about is some of the comments that I got on those posts that really bothered me. And I kind of touched on it a little bit in my, in my last video that I did, but Sean, I wanted to talk to you about it being someone who's in a band, who's trying to make a living as a band, those kind of things. Um, they kind of did this whole, it's okay for us to get copyright claims because it's not the end of the world. They're not going to shut our YouTube channel down for it. Flags yeah, yeah. are different, uh, but they didn't, they really didn't care about the flags because, uh -huh. you know, we're just trying to hit for like our 10 people. Uh, and I mean, I already know what my opinion is on that. And I, I think I would like to just kind of like push this to you to let <clears throat> you start this yeah, and say, sure. what, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, well, maybe I should give just a little bit of a, a back or background on this too. And it's, it's cool. You know, Tom McGuire, the guy that was uh, commenting on here that, that had mentioned that we were locked up at the, at one point there, he actually kind of got me started down the track on some of this stuff. He managed the band that we, <clears throat> I toured with for about 10 years. And uh, so he got us started on the track with all kinds of different legal documents and helping us to understand what it meant to um, be part of a, a, a PRO or a, a performance rights organization. So that's like BMI, CSAC, ASCAP. Um, those are the three main ones here uh, in the U S and um, yeah, it kind of, it hurts to, 
to hear that kind of thing. Um, and I've heard it plenty of times coming from within the church. Uh, if you've ever said to somebody something like, um, thou shalt not steal or give unto Caesars what is his and honor where honor is due and that kind of thing, then why would we turn around and negate all of that with the way we feel about properly licensing something that we're going to put out for public consumption? Right. So let me let me throw one just like like caveat in there or yeah. not, uh, like devil's advocate. I think yeah. that some of the people that I've seen make that comment, and it's not that I am agreeing with it, is it, their argument is, well, they have the CCLI license. Mm -hmm. They just don't really care if they're getting flagged. Are they? <clears throat> so uh, I'm also, well, YouTube certification, yeah, I have it, but it doesn't mean anything now because they're redoing how that whole program works. Right. So I have, I have certifications for YouTube mostly in YouTube video advertising now because hmm. the other side is different. Uh, flags do matter. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting the idea that they don't matter. Uh, they do. Uh, and, and they can mean different things. I, I mean, maybe you're thinking, yeah, it doesn't matter to me that, uh, that we got flagged because that, that's just the person who owns the copyright on this has seen it. They're saying, Hey, this is mine. So now your video stream has to have, you know, it's going to make mention of them or you cannot get uh, royalties off of it or whatever. You know, I, I don't know how your, you know, particular stream is set up depending on who we're talking to here. Um, but, uh, you know, now it's going to play like adverts for that person or royalties are going to go to that person or you can't monetize it at all. Or there's, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, what Tom says, the CCLI does not cover... No, oh, non-Christian material, I think is. Yep. Yes, that is also uh, very true. And, you know, a lot of times for these larger um, Easter, Christmas, things like that, there's a lot of performances of uh, secular tunes mm -hmm. uh, that are that are then not covered. Yeah. Well, I mean, in one of my videos, I talked about when we that last Easter project that we worked on at our former employer. Uh, where we were trying to get that Nine Inch Nail song uh, mm. for the like the eerie background for like a death scene thing that we were trying to do, um, and obviously like our CCLI license didn't cover that. We tried to buy a license for it, and that was uh, one of the that's one of the things about copyright is that it covers the artist to not let someone use it in a way that, in their opinion, tarnishes their reputation. Mm -hmm. So for a band like Nine Inch Nails, they're like, no, I don't want to be associated with Christians and I want to be associated <laughs> with this church. You know, they don't have to do that. And that's why they were able to deny us you know, from physically buying it because like we were going to buy it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it, well, and the thing too behind, um, so giving honor where honor is due. Let, let's, let's just go with that too. Right. Um, these artists, they make these songs, and even even if you're just saying, okay, the intro music to your podcast or to your uh, your vlog, something like that, and you get it from somewhere like, I like to use Soundstripe a lot. There's Soundstripe, there's um, like Artlist and a bunch of other different ones out there. Places where you can go and you can grab some music and uh, and you can get a license with it. And now you can either whitelist your YouTube channel, mm -hmm. or you can copy that license key 
that it's going to give you into the description for your thing so that YouTube knows, oh, okay, well, they have the rights to use this song. The thing about putting those pieces of information out there um, is the same reason why you have to have that coverage for performing these songs live in a live scenario, right? The, these performing rights organizations, the artist makes the song. Uh, we belong then to, you know, CSAC, BMI, ASCAP, and whether it's through writer performing rights, uh, publisher rights, however you're set up there, there's different points um, or percentages that, that all represents money in the end. That's how the artist gets any kind of money or royalties for the, the music being performed by other people or uh, their music being played publicly even if it's just off of a cd or on the radio or something like that some form of public performance of that music being given and these days a lot of times it's kind of one of the only ways that some artists make money so yeah. um so let me, let me ask you this question and maybe you don't know the answer to this so if we are because like ccli is a it's a license uh mm -hmm. especially for you know all in the christian world we're talking about churches related uh -huh. things so that license, we pay for that license because they're paying the artist for our usage, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. So if we perform, say, like a Bethel song and our license doesn't get hit, we get hit with a copyright claim. It's because YouTube is supposed to be technically saying like, hey, we need to pay them if the license hasn't already been taken care of. And that's why there's a claim. And then that prevents certain certain things from happening correct yeah there's <clears throat> and this kind of this is a tough landscape to follow right now because it's changed a lot ever since the drm or the digital rights management stuff really kind of started evolving something that probably should have had the groundwork laid at the beginning of all this kind of stuff um and then uh oh, i'm just checking out Tom, see, I knew Tom would have some great stuff to say on this because, you know, like I said, he kind of started me down the path on this stuff. So here, I can throw uh, it up on the screen so you can read it there. Yeah, no, no, that's great. Yeah, you know, and I've, yeah. I mentioned that in one of my previous videos is that even the CCLI license is is based off of how many people are viewing your stuff. So, mm -hmm. like with CCLI streaming license, you tell them how many people on average are seeing it. Uh, type thing and obviously like that should change as your church grows but for the most part churches aren't usually like exploding like crazy you know uh so it's like i know that my church is 120 people so like for my in-house ccli license you know that is um you know we do for about 200 people for the occasion when we do grow and then for our streaming license we put on about 50 people because we get about 20 people consistently uh mm -hmm. and then that gives us a little bit of headroom and then Next year, when it's time for, to renew our license, they ask you, how many people are you using? Because yep. maybe you go down, maybe you go up, you know, type thought process. And you brought up some, a, a very good point there. There are different licenses. There is your performance license, and then there's your streaming license. Um, that, that actually came up, too. Somebody was like, well, we, we have the CCLI license, um, and we're doing these songs, you know, so, you know. We, we have the rights. It's like, but do you have the streaming licenses? Right. They didn't know it was a thing. I was like, yeah. well, it, it is. And it's something you need to look into because uh, another thing that uh, came up, we, we actually heard this a lot um, at another place. And I remember um, going through and discovering 
hundreds of thousands, I mean, hundreds, excuse me, hundreds of millions of dollars in like totally actionable federal, <laughs> you know, lawsuit issue stuff with copyright claim and all of that jazz uh, going on. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, thankfully we were able to have a good conversation about it. A lot of research was done. And I was able to present the case for why things needed to change. And we did change them. And that was a good thing. But it could have been really, really bad. But then was, I this, had, was this at a church that you were yes, working at or working with? Yeah, a church I was working at. Okay. Um, so I made this entire binder that included licenses we did have, explanations of we, what we could and could not do. Right. So that we were not putting ourselves at risk for some pretty serious stuff. Because you also hear people say all the time, well, we're a little church and nobody wants to be the, you know, the person that goes after that little church. Well, never before in history has it been more okay to attack <laughs> religious organizations. So why, what makes you think, A, what makes you think you're safe? But B, why do you think it's okay to, again, steal or not give honor where the honor is due? And, and it's as simple sometimes as just... It says right in your agreement with CCLI that you are going to put up your CCLI number. So you might notice that sometimes when you're seeing the lyrics, you know, on mm -hmm. screen at church or something like that, in at least one slide for the song, the CCLI number will be included. Um, it's, it's a little different with live performance stuff when you're doing, um, say, like a secular song for a particular thing. Uh, I know for performance venues that we would go to all the time. Um yeah, Tom's like getting sued by any of those agencies is super expensive. So paying yeah. the fees up front, he is so right. And honestly, paying the fee up front is so much less expensive than than going through the legal battle that you will be tied up in, uh, and it will shut you down. It really yeah. Will shut you down. The the argument that I I would make is that like you probably won't get sued immediately. Most people will send a USC synthesis, you know, type thing. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that like. People will go, yeah, I'll, they'll just tell me to stop. And it's like, okay, well, then you're going to have to buy the license then. So why not just buy the license now yeah. and not get a cease and desist? Yeah. I mean, if you want to know how bad it is, we were at a performance, uh, and thankfully this was not us, okay? But we're, we're in a venue where the – so with venues, okay, if you go in and you're a cover band, it's kind of iffy. You either need to um, – oh, yeah, yeah, Tom just said there was a bar in KZU that had to close due to being sued. Hmm. Yep. So um, if the venue doesn't carry a CSAG BMI or ASCAP licensure yep. for performance uh, and the band doesn't carry one with them, right? then uh, you <laughs> – sorry, I keep reading Tom's comments. He's just you know full of good, good stuff going on here. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah, yeah. If the, okay. if the so band if the doesn't. venue doesn't have it and you don't have it, you can't perform any covers. You straight right. up can't perform any covers. Well, this wasn't a normal venue. It, like it, it was a venue, but not a normally a music venue. It was everything from like a theater to whatever. You know, it just live performances of all different kinds. But they did not carry with them their own license for this type of thing. Right. In like perpetuity, like, you know, for, for over the year, that kind of thing, because the, the different types of performances changed and you can get one for a single night or for a weekend or for a conference or, you know, something yep. like that. You don't have yep. to have it the whole time. 
Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, like these music services like Spotify Business and stuff like that, they cover those things. You know, yeah. plugging your iPad in or your iPhone in and hitting play on Apple Music, that's a personal, you know, account, isn't covering all of that kind of stuff for the 80 to 100 people that are in the bar or restaurant. And uh, to be honest with you, like, uh, like the CCLI license that we had when we worked at Res. Like we bought a big license to play pre-recorded stuff in our sanctuary before and after. It doesn't cover that online, but like CCLI, you can also get licenses for playing movies and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, we're gonna do family movie night. You yes. need a license to play a Hollywood movie in your, you know, thing, especially when you're not charging like. It's even more so if you're charging to get into it well, yeah. uh, if because you're charging then, yeah. to do it then CCLI doesn't cover you <laughs> correct so it's just like it's just it's you can't so even sell concessions unless it's outside of the same room that you're uh, right that you're doing uh, let me finish the story about the the venue that we were at a band got up and started performing a cover there just happened to be a representative in the audience that night from, from one, I don't even remember which one from from one of those groups from, or from the band? Yes, from one of those organizations, from one of okay. those pros. And they shut the entire night down. And that's the power they have. They they have that power. They were like, this is done. Or you can, you know, and it was, it was over. And I've seen that happen with plays. Uh, there was a performance of um, The Sound of Music, and they decided mm. to add in a number that was in the movie differently, but not in the production. I, I was in a production of it once too. Thankfully not the one that got shut down <laughs> and they just happened to have, you know, uh, a representative from the playwright company there and they walked up and shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. That's there was, crazy. there was a curtain at one point between scenes and it never went back up. Everybody was let go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the what happened? What happened? Yeah, is it? Yeah, I, I don't know the end of the story. Uh, so it is a very serious thing, and when we talk about um, using clips of movies and stuff like that, that's another argument that I see come up a lot of times. Like, yeah, but face-to-face -face education. Well, face-to-face -face education only works face-to-face, uh, -face. and you and I, even right now, digitally being across from each other like i see your face you see my face we're talking with each other having this conversation right but we're live streaming so it's no longer face to face this is now a public venue right and so in order to show any materials um of that nature to perform a song or something like that i have to have the licensure for it and i have to have the correct licensure too yeah. now, and, and in that case i have to have both the performance and the streaming rights to do it right and um it it is definitely uh as tom pointed out it is much less expensive to just pay the license up front yeah and it's <laughs> and for ccli because i mean most of the churches that we're dealing with and talking about like the majority of what they're streaming is you know they're using loops they're using you know they're singing songs of other people not a lot of people are trying to play a CD. I mean, they might be trying to play a CD for like the intro, like while they're waiting for their stream to start. And mm -hmm. to that, I say it, it is much cheaper to spend the $120 a year and buy a Soundstripe account and just grab a couple of songs off there that can play on loop. And, you know, but like I said, in one of my other videos as well, you know, it's like you buy like a church motion graphics, you know, package and they have countdown timers on there that have music on them. <laughs> They're licensed, you know, like you don't have to like, you know, YouTube has royalty-free music library that you can download yeah. stuff off of for free. 
it's not that hard to avoid the issues. And I think that that's the thing for me is that, you know, and I mentioned this in my other video as well. It's like, you know, the Bible says to avoid the appearance of evil. Mm -hmm. We tend to use that word evil as like atrocities and like super <laughs> bad things. Sin is evil. And if YouTube is flagging us, like that looks like you're doing something wrong and you're supposed to avoid the appearance of that. So it's like, it's one thing to make a mistake and go, well, I don't know how to stop this. You know, so those people that are going like, we keep getting flagged, I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to stop it. I don't have a problem with that happening. But like the people that I'm frustrated with are the people that are commenting, well, we don't really care if we're getting flagged, they're not gonna shut us down. And it's like, yeah. well, do you have a license? Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. Like, no, like submit your license, do the thing you're supposed to. Yeah. Uh, let's see, so let's if go on their radar. Right, exactly. Let's yeah, go, Tom. Small churches still do tracks and solos, but that does not cover performing them live. So, right. uh, so yeah. So the thing about what I found from a lot of the larger Loop companies, like Loop Community and such, mm -hmm. is that when you buy their subscription, you're buying a license to use them live in your building. And then the CCLI license also covers loop community and stuff like that. That's how we stopped getting flagged is because we had, we started submitting our stream license. Mm -hmm. uh, we bought the stream, like the stream plus license. So that was, and loop communities covered under CCLI. Um, but not every company is covered under the CCLI license. Mm -hmm. So you have to go to CCLI's website, see who they cover, see where you're buying loops and those kind of things. Because um, like, I don't know if like multitracks.com is covered. I mean, I would assume because they're pretty big. A lot of the bigger church ones are probably going to be covered by CCLI. But I would do your due diligence, get on CCLI's website uh, and, and check it out. But a lot of times when you're buying those subscriptions to get those loops, they're giving you the license to play them live, but just not stream them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think too, um, when Tom's talking about that, I think he's talking to like people that buy like the two track for something, Oh yeah, you know, to, to do like a solo performance, somebody gets up and sings a song and it's yep. got the master so, track is what that's considered. Is, yeah. is <laughs> playing in the background and yeah, that's, you know, he's, he's right there too, that, um, that's not covered. Um, it has to be, there's a lot that goes into that. It's a lot easier to teach, teach the band, the song, if they can perform it well and have them play it behind you and just do that and skip, <laughs> skip trying to go the track route. Yeah. So the track is covered on the streaming plus license though, just so you know. Oh, is it now? Yeah. Yep. Well, so depending the... on, depends on who makes it still, but well, yeah. So, I mean, if it's, yeah, again, depends on the song. But like if you're buying a backing track for uh, like an artist that is covered by CCLI, like if you're trying to do like a Michael W. Smith or Phillips Craig and Dean, you know, type thing, and they have the <laughs> – hey, they're still around. They're still wow. relevant. I still hear them on our terrible Christian radio stations up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like be, if the artist is covered under CCLI, those master tracks are covered – uh, on the streaming plus license. But again, like you said, there is also a license for you to perform that live in your own building, uh, to be covered. So having someone come up to you and say, Hey, here's a track for this. You know, you might not have that license and I don't think you can buy just the license for that. I think it's incorporated. Ray Bolts. Nice. <laughs> nice. <one time>. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Um, oh my gosh. I, one of the oh, guys, yeah, at, yeah. one of the guys at my church, his name is Jeff. And, uh, I was texted his number and he spells it Jeff, like Jeff more in the distance. And I was like, Oh my gosh, the first time I've ever seen anyone spell their name like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like, I'm pretty sure that that license is incorporated in a group. Like you buy this specific license and it covers blank, 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 blank. I, mm-hmm. I don't think you're, you're not going to have like, not to scare anyone off. You're not going to have to go and buy a license for each and every little individual, you know, thing. So but you do want to look like you said, and, and they don't make it that hard nowadays. It's not that hard to get on their site and search for what it is you're trying to do and see if you're covered. Yeah. Uh, yeah it used it, to be difficult. I mean, <laughs> Back in the day, you had to get a freaking catalog yeah. <laughs> and go through it. You know, it's a time to do this trek. So it's a, it's a lot easier nowadays. That's for sure. Yeah. And oh sure my you... gosh! Watch, yeah, Ray <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that song. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think. Uh, are you, are you... Thank you for giving <laughs> to the Lord. Oh man! Now we're gonna get we're gonna get flagged oh, for terrible, gosh. terrible performance. That's what we're gonna get flagged for. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, uh, we want to also ask you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that subscribe button, smash the thumb, comment in the comments. It helps the algorithm. If you guys are watching on LinkedIn, make sure you follow me on there, connect with me, whatever it's called on there. Uh, Make sure you're liking the Facebook page, all those kind of things. We are on Instagram as well, so make sure you go over there, check that out. We don't post on there nearly as much. Uh, We are starting to try and grab reels, so we're going to try and grab chunks of our video and post it on there, so make sure you go over there, follow that. And then obviously the podcast, which is what you're listening to slash watching. Please, five-star review. We would love for you guys just go over there, smash the five stars, say the whatever you want. Honestly, in the review, it doesn't really matter. It helps the algorithms for those guys as well. Put your favorite color in there. Tell us what your favorite uh, band is. Um, or, you know, honestly, you could even say that you hate us uh, because we're awesome and you're jealous. Uh, that would be cool too. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you can follow me and Sean individually. If you want to go over, you can like Sean's Facebook page. He is Sean Lewis. I believe you're under as a filmmaker, correct? It's a likable page. Um, and then you can also go and friend me on Facebook. You can just find me at Justin Edmonds. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the business part. That's all that stuff. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to our second topic. And this is something that me and Sean have talked about quite a few times. Uh, and I'm actually kind of interested. I don't know how how well this is going to play out in like a conversation piece, but I I'm really interested. So I see a lot of these videos. There's one specific YouTube channel that I follow that does it quite often. And Sean, I'm sure you know who these guys are. They're the filmmaker, uh, the filmmaker Academy or whatever their channel is. And they do these, uh, a pro with like really cheap equipment and then a noob with really expensive equipment. Uh, and one that I, I watched was really interesting. They had, the pro had the cheapest little like DSLR camera and it was a Sony something. I don't remember what the exact brand brand was. Um, time for you all to get a Patreon. <laughs> We're not quite there yet, Tom. Um, but the Sony Thank camera, you. yeah, the Sony camera was like a $250 Sony camera. Um, and he had to do everything by himself. So it was like one man band. Um, he had like one assistant to help him like set like big lights up and stuff. But he had to create the same commercial as the noob did. Um, but the noob got a full crew. 
So he had. Did he have to direct the crew though? Because <laughs> so he did. He had. Okay. He had. He had wardrobe. He had a gaffer, like a grip. Like he had like everything. Like a ten-person crew uh, to do the same commercial, and he had a red camera. You know, so he got to shoot in red raw. Uh, you know, he had a pro audio guy. So it was like, it was really interesting to see and then watch the, like the end result uh-huh. of like one man show, cheap equipment and really expensive equipment, 10 person crew with a noob running the thing. Like it was yeah. like, you know, and when I say noob, it's not like they pulled some random person off the street and said, here you go, try and figure this out. It was like someone who obviously had some understanding of video and stuff, but they're trying to go from novice to professional mm-hmm. and the, that, that's who they are. It's like an intern type thing. So, yeah. and it was just like little things like the direction that he gave the pro to the actor you know, to, Hey, like, why don't you do this instead of this? You know, the video didn't look as nice, but like the quality of like, Oh, the things that he placed in the background, you know, versus not seen. Yeah. You know how he directed, like, you know, the way he said something versus just saying the line, you know, things like were just so drastically different and so much better, you know, because he knew how to use the equipment and the tools that he had, even though they were cheaper. And it's like watching the noob with all of this really expensive equipment and this huge crew and everything. And it's like the crew was only allowed to do what they were told to do. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like the audio guy was like, that's going to be real bad, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, but, probably shouldn't but, uh, do that. If that's what you want. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was like a level of like, it wasn't like, okay, put the microphone like six inches away from his face. You know, it was like, hey, okay, so this is what we need to do. You know, like we need to mic him up, you know, and then the audio guy would mic him up and stuff like that. Um, but like, hey, yeah, bring, bring, bring the mic in closer. Hey, bring, bring it in. Cl- bring it in closer. Bring, yeah, bring it in. Can yeah. you make sure he's not eating the microphone? <laughs> so. Everything sounds great. It's really bassy. <laughs> I love it. Um, Sean, I think your mic is a little too close to you. It? It's in, in the what, shot. Was it I can, in the frame? Was I it in the frame? S- <laughs> <laughs> All right, pause. So, Rabbit Trail, super funny. I'm watching uh, – because I've been doing a bunch of research on YouTube about, uh, like, my genre of, like, church technology. And I found oh. this church from Toronto that apparently is, like, pretty big. And they have a bunch of videos about church technology. And it's super, I'm like watching it and I'm like, it looks super nice. It's filmed nice. It sounds good. It looks pretty. And then like they're, they're doing the, like the, you know, the far out cut and then the zoom in cut and then the zoom in for the individual people. And they're, they, they zoom out and everything's perfect except for you see this. Go over. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just one little microphone, just no one little microphone (laughs) hanging in frame. (laughs) Yeah. Not in, not intentional, and it wasn't one of those shots where like you're trying to see the equipment in the shot. Right. Like yeah. it was like, yeah, someone uh, someone either didn't frame that up well, or the microphone got adjusted after the framing was picked. Yeah. <laughs> frame so. is perfect. Okay, now let's do audio. Yeah, there's a reason why we say waiting on audio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So, like, kind of bringing this whole back background. Uh, I think the reason why I want to talk about that is. I think what those videos show me is that being a master at your tool is more important 
than having good equipment. And I think where I see a lot of people go is, oh, I have to have a Digico console. Well, you don't even know how to use compression, you know, (laughs) you know, like you don't know how to really EQ, you know, like, oh, like I've walked into places and seen like a $15,000 sound console on a $1,000 sound system from 1982, you know, maybe, I don't know if Tom is still on, if he can answer this question, I forget the name of the place that had a Midas console was right across from, uh, where we used to rehearse on Godfrey there. I can't remember the name of the place, but it's like a really nice Midas console in this dive bar. Oh yeah. Um, and ever, and this is before like M 32s I mean, this was when, you know, Midas was all on its own. Yeah. Um, and it just, yeah. Oh man. I wish I could remember the name of that place. Well, so, I mean, this is what my thing is. I, I, what I did is I had a church recently in the last like handful of months and Sean, I think me and you talked about this, uh, where it was like, they came to us and they were like, Hey, you know, they're a little bit more established. You know, they have a nice PA, uh, those things. Thank you, Tom. Sorry. The whiskey lounge. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they were like, Hey, we're trying to upgrade our console. We have an L six PA. We have an X 32, you know, we upgraded the PA a couple years ago. We didn't have the money for a console. Now we have money for a console. You know, should we go, you know, should we go with a Digico console? Should we go with, you know, a nicer Allen Heath console? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of was doing this whole thing of like, well, if we go Avantis, you know, it is, it's not the nicest Allen Heath console, but it covers everything that you need to cover. Okay. Cause it'll do 64 channels. They're at 32. They were maxed out. I'm like, we can double your inputs essentially with mm-hmm. this console. It's 96 K, you know, we're going to dump it into Dante world, convert that to AVB. Like we're going to kill this. Sorry. I, I drank pop while we're doing this and I burp occasionally. Sorry. I should probably stop doing that. Um, and that console oh, was a fifth the old five from, one. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, down in the YMCA. Yeah, Tom, you yeah. ran that, right? I think, correct? He ran that, or he was one of the guys that ran that. Whatever. Yeah, he was. He was a part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they were like, okay, you know what? Well, what's the difference? I was like, well, I'm like the Digico was almost. It wasn't exactly, but it was close to almost double the price. And I was like, I would rather see you guys take that extra like ten to fifteen thousand dollars and invest it into one of your volunteers because they didn't have a full time AV person. Oh yeah. And I was like, I would rather either see you hire someone part time, you know, where it's like, hey, you're gonna mix every Sunday, we're gonna pay you, and we're gonna send you to some classes with that money, you know, and increase the level of this rather than spend the money on the nicer console, you know, just because you might get a little bit more clarity to it. But I'm like, the clearer you're, you know, and we kind of discovered this, um, and also had a fully nice, um, (laughs) the, the thing was, is like, and Sean, we experienced this when we bought the M32 in the ground floor, it was like going from that analog console to that digital console was like oh my gosh look listen how clear this was but what did that do for all of our like volunteers that didn't really know what they're doing uh, it made <clears throat> their mistakes so much more predominant and greatly yeah um 
And it's just like one of those things of like, now you're going to be clearly hear problems like, cause the, the lower quality issues that you had before that could hide some of your mistakes mm-hmm. aren't going to be there anymore. You know? So yeah. like you have to be more skilled. So they, they, they took that to their board and their board was like, yeah, we actually really like that. We would prefer to invest in people rather than in equipment. You know, we're going to get everything we need with the Allen and Heath. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go up. Now that's not, that's not a dig on Digico. If Digico fits your needs, do it. Like, I have zero issues. I sell Digico to churches all the time. There's churches I suggest Digico to. That's not what this is talking about. I'm just saying, unless you have the skill set to be able to run that, it doesn't make sense to me for you to to buy that. Like I'm not skilled enough in video to be able to go and buy a red camera and go, this makes sense for me to own this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for you, Sean, that's a completely different scenario. Yeah, I, I mean, we have some cli- with some clients that might even be required, right? You know, oh, we're filming this commercial for such and such, and so we're requiring it for whatever reason. Sometimes clients just get it in their head because it's red is kind of like a buzzword, yeah. Um, just like Digico can be, right? In the, yeah, exactly. In the world, so it's like okay, you know, we want you guys to come, but we want you to guarantee us that this is going to be filmed on on red. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I mean. I, I, I get what red is and what it has done, but there are so many other options out there and some that may actually be better for this thing, but they're requiring it. And so we got, I, go I actually prefer Ari. So <laughs> if I could have one for myself, I mean, not that I haven't used them, but if I could have my own, I'd... I honestly have actually never seen an Ari camera in person. No. Oh man. I've seen plenty of reds now. Uh, yeah. I, I do remember the first time I actually got to hold a red camera. Uh, Noah Samsel had one and he, he actually, he got it for a job. He rented it and he called me and he goes, Hey, you want to come over and help me set up a camera? And I was like, why do you need my help setting up a camera? Uh, and I showed up, <laughs> I showed up and he goes, here you go. And he handed me this camera. I was like, oh, no, you all, you knew that I always wanted to hold one. <laughs> Cause we had just had that conversation like two weeks prior yeah. about how I was like, yeah, just like, I just want to hold a red camera. Like it would be kind of cool. Like, you know, this is like when I was like, I was just getting in. I just got my first DSLR. I have my yeah. Canon 7D I just bought. Uh, I shot your video on that. That was the first video okay. I ever shot like fully on my own. Um, and let me see if I remember correctly. Tom was running audio. Yep. <laughs> Man, it's like the whole crew's here right now. What on a Digico SD11. On a, yep. On a Digico, <laughs> on a Digico SD11. Um, but yeah, no, oh, it, it was good times, but yeah, I, I've seen a couple more. You can't watch 8k anyways. You can, if you have a sharp 8k television. Well, you must be pretty rich though. If you're, those are actually not nearly as expensive as well, I yeah, thought they and, were. And, but what, and, and the deliverable for 8k and the distinguishability, like for your eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. We've kind of reached that point where it's, just, there's not really a point. Um, yeah. and, and I think, yeah, audio and lights. That's right. Tom was around both. Um, when we're talking about the you know pros with novice tools or or a novice with pro tools not not software um tom you should you should hop over on youtube so that we can get the consumption time from you watching instead of linkedin (laughs) anyways oh yeah and projection that's right because we had that Oh yeah, you had the giant screen. screen. I do remember. Yeah. What what theater was that? Was that was that in Allegan? Yeah, that was at the Griswold. Yeah, the Griswold. Yeah. 
Um, so then it's such a cool exercise. I remember my first day in film school and they broke us up into tiny groups and they gave us a camera and they gave us very few instructions. Like put the, you know, the tape at that point, he said, send him the link, put the tape in here. And here's where you hit record and you're going to record the story within camera. And this is what we're going to use to determine where you're at, what you need to know, that sort of thing. Right. And, uh, that was really kind of almost like one of those things where they, they put a professional camera in our hands and we had to go create something with it and then come back. And then they shaped our education around kind of like what came off of that. Yeah. The screen was from studio 28. I just drove by there and like saw that there's like literally one little like utility building of 28 yeah, studio 28. Still, yeah. that's the only one that's left. That's so crazy. And that used to be a drive in even before it was, uh, before it had all the screens. So, um, it kind of felt like one of those moments from those videos of being, you know, sort of a novice. I mean, like I had some, I had some knowledge of film and working with cameras because I, uh, the school that I went to at the time was state of the art with that type of technology. And so we had a local news station that when their stuff broke, they would come to our high school to film their news broadcast because... <laughs> We just had better equipment anyways, you know, and uh, so I had some some experience on, on that front. Um, but still, it, it was cool to take that and then shape it. But I think what it shows, too, is that not just being a master of the one particular piece of equipment. Right. But with with film, it's all about telling a story. And you can almost say the same thing when it comes to running audio. It's close to that same type of thing. But you really are having to um, – you're creating an, an entire scene here. It's like painting. Yeah. You know, you've got – instead of, all right, some white fluffy clouds over here. <laughs> some, uh, you know, what, uh, what we're doing is, is we are kind of painting that soundscape for people. And, uh, you know, the idea is they can close their eyes and you, you can still visualize where everything is. Or in this sense, for worship, it can all disappear and you can just be in that moment right. and let yourself go. And so, you know, you could totally put somebody on a really expensive digital console and then put, you know, a, a pro who's been doing it for years. You know, like, I don't even know how long Tom's run sound, but, you know... Um, or Wild Bill, somebody like that, yep. and put them on a console that is significantly, maybe cheaper or older, analog or something like that, and watch them shape something that sounds way better than the novice with right. all of his plugins and everything that he's trying to do on that digital console. Now, then if you took that person who's a pro, as long as they've kept up on different things, you know, and moved them over to the other console, they could still make something good happen there. Uh, then you watch the novice, you know, switch boards and it would just be that same, the same issue over again, because you've got to learn the art of it. And right. let's not say that some people don't just kind of have a, uh, that knack or that, that sort of like natural, they just get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to like discourage yep. like these guys that are learning or only do it once years. a week to like not do, you know, plugins and not try and be creative and all those kind of things. I just, I, I get really kind of frustrated when people blame their equipment on mm -hmm. their shortcomings. Yeah. And sometimes the equipment is the problem. Like, I mean, we've definitely been in situations where it's like, 
Like, I can't help that this sounds this way. Like, yeah. no matter what, like when I go over here and I run sound for this person on this system, he sounds perfectly fine. Yeah. When I come into this room on this equipment, like it just, it doesn't sound good. I get that does happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had those things where it's like, you know, but when I come in somewhere and they're like, yeah, just everything sounds terrible. Like this X32 just sucks. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, the X32 doesn't sound as good as like an Allen Heath or Digico or, uh, you know, like a Yamaha or some of these higher end consoles. Um, an hour before service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a little bit old, a little bit of an older Digico at the time, though. <laughs> you know, but the thought process of like, you know, it's still like. An X32 still doesn't sound bad. I've heard really good sounding things on an X32. Yeah. You know, and there, there's sure. a difference between not sounding the best and sounding bad. And yeah. like, that's what I have to try and get people to understand a lot of times is like, listen, like that X32 sounds good enough that I've seen an X32 out with some pretty decently large, you know, touring bands, which yep. is like kind of mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the people like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw, you know, uh, X32 racks running ears for Thousand of a Crutch and Skillet at one point in time. And hey, it's like, well, came out with their uh, ear rack. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know, that, that doesn't really surprise me, you know, because it's like at that level, you know, you want cheap, you want compact, and they don't want to have a monitor engineer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's going to be, that's how that we fits, ran it. right. That fits the build, yeah. you know, you know, but it's like, yeah, there's just levels of that kind of stuff. And it's I mean, just that like, console, that or the M32 are in more venues and, and places than almost anything else. It used to be, yeah. what was it, the M7CL from Yamaha? Yeah. That was everywhere. And then... Uh, and the, th- those consoles are still everywhere. I come across those things like, quite, yeah. like almost every week. Man, like, early days of flying faders, man. Those things drive me nuts. Yeah. I forget uh, how they work. <laughs> we, 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 wig out on you. <laughs> we have a venue here in town. Uh, it's a bar slash venue that has an M7. At least they did the last time I was there. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, the effects don't work on channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, I can't be too mad at the console. Uh, it's, you know, like 15 years old. Like to, let's point out this. You know, we're talking about. So here's Tom. He's using a Soundcraft. UI 16 right now and then he's saying sounds fine for what he does right now but he also knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah and i mean those little itty bitty mackie you know like little four channel mixers and yeah. stuff like that for like audio interfaces for your computer like this mic for what we're doing right now would probably sound fine and no one would ever know mm-hmm. you know this is like this that's my thing this is a sure mv7 this is the newer mic from sure but it's cheap it's like 250 bucks you yeah. know, it's and not the don't se- know this world that's cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's not a seven hundred dollar SM seven B. Yeah. <laughs> you know or, or like the classic R A twenty. Right. Or an Earthworks or a DPA oh, or yeah. you know, like any of those things yeah. that are thousand dollars or more. Yeah. And like that's the thing, is like this M V seven makes so much sense for sure to come out with at this price point because for what this mic is being used for, it doesn't matter. Like this sounds great for what like someone watching a video on this device like this the speaker only can produce so much quality you know but when we when we go into like the room it's like if you don't know how to use compressors if you don't know how to use effects if you don't know how to eq going from an x32 to an allen heath or a digico isn't going to change any of that like it's still going to sound equally as bad you might get a little bit nicer 
like sound because you have a nicer preamp, this mm -hmm. board processes it a little bit better. You know, it's like grabbing someone that doesn't know what they're doing, like in that video, and putting a red camera in their hand. You know, they can pull focus, they can do basic color correction, at least bringing it back to Rec 709, you know, right. from Red Raw. And it's like, yeah, that would look amazing to the average person, but like, that's not really changing anything. You could have gotten the same same quality video from you know a GH5 or a Blackmagic Pocket camera that's twelve hundred dollars versus what's the cheapest red you can buy right now? Like twelve grand for the body? Uh, like of the new lineup? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know if we if we need to use them, we just rent them. So yeah, still it's still I think it's like twelve fifteen thousand dollars for the cheaper ones. Yeah. You know, it's just like that idea of like we have to have a red camera or we have to have a Digico because that's what's going to make our stuff better. It's like, well, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I've literally watched, you know, I've watched full length feature films in a movie theater that were shot on an iPhone 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, th the thought that you need better equipment in order to reach another level is it's honestly like it's a crutch in the wrong way. It's what you're leaning on to keep yourself from doing what you need to just start doing. Right. Right. And so, it, and instead of just using what you have to enhance what you're supposed to be doing, you're using what you great don't word, have great to word. distract you from what you should be doing. <laughs> yeah, right? that was. Perfect. I think it, it perfectly plays into it because you just, and and I I'm guilty of it too. I I don't want to say this and sound like you know I've never had this thought process it's because I totally have. And for the longest time, I didn't have a camera of my own mm -hmm. at all. I remember. And yet, I was DP for so much stuff. Like, you know, I've got to run camera for these things. It was about what I could see. And thankfully people saw that in other work and, and allowed me to, you know, rent cameras that were expensive and to, to do some of this stuff. But I didn't have one. And so when it came time for me to want to start telling maybe some of my own, uh, oh, he's at red Komodo is six grand. Okay. I thought there okay. was something under eight now. Um, so the, uh, just that thought process of like, Oh gosh, you know, I, in order to tell my own stories and start doing this kind of stuff, you know, I need something, uh, I need something great. And part of that came too, because I had used some good stuff and a lot of different good things. And also, you know, following some people that were using some really good stuff and whatever. And it just kind of creates this like, Oh man, if I want it to look like that, or if I want it to sound like that, or I want these, then I, I need to have that next level. Right. But then to realize that some of the people that I was following were not using that expensive of equipment. They just knew how to use the equipment they were using. And even more importantly, they knew how to tell a story. Right. And, and, and that really is kind of what it comes down to. Can I, because I could shoot on a red. I could use, you know, just some amazing uh lens selections you know cook primes and stuff like that or maybe i'm shooting the whole thing and uh, just was it yeah telling great stories is better than the best gear exactly uh yeah. amen to that um but if i if by the end of it you're just like wait what or <laughs> you know a character dies off and you're like gosh you know someone died and i feel like i should care but who was that <laughs> like is was that Joe or or was that I'm Jim? To, Wait, yeah, was I'm trying to remember what it was because I don't get emotional in movies for any for any reason. Mm -hmm. And there was something I was watching recently where they killed the character, and I like started kind of tearing up a little bit. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "What's wrong with me?" I'm like, "This is a TV character." Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I was like, I was like, touche, touche. Yeah. When the storytelling is good, because it's all about connecting here. Yeah. Right? I say that all the time for, for worship. So here's connecting it back to audio is it's like a song is a song is a song. You know, a song isn't saved. A song isn't a Christian song, whatever. It could be singing about Jesus, whatnot. Doesn't necessarily make it a worship song. What makes it a worship song is when you're reading those lyrics on the screen, or maybe you already know them, mm -hmm. and they connect with something in your heart. Yep. And then it becomes a personal love song yep. from you to your Savior. And that's when it becomes worship. But it's got to connect with you. It's got to resonate with something inside of you, your, those heartstrings, you know. Yep. And so that same kind of thing happens with really good storytelling and really good use of the, the tools and those things around you because the picture can definitely play a part into it. It should just enhance yep. and not distract from that storytelling. How many times have I dropped that one? Um, keep dropping so true, it. Right? Keep dropping it. Uh, and but when it does and it and it does it properly, it resonates with you inside here, right? You can be, and and then you can actually connect with this fictitious character, right? That you see on the screen, and it becomes like somebody that you know on the daily because maybe their character goes through similar situations as you or something like that. Or there's yeah. some kind of attachment there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Tom, that's a great that's a great point. Yep. I'll throw this up here so you can read that again. This is that tap <clears throat> that tends to, I forget sometimes uh, for some people this is just an an audio medium here so we'll yeah. read it. Uh, that tends to happen with good worship leaders as they lead you into worship that that connection there. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think the moral of this story is, you know, don't just think that equipment is going to make things better. Sometimes it will, um, but make sure that you are ready and that you are going to be able to, you know, that you, you're, that your skill is being maxed out with the equipment you have before you move mm -hmm. on to new equipment. Um, and I think that that line can be, you know, kind of blurry sometimes, you know, where it's like, maybe I still have some more to learn, you know, on my X32, but like maybe the, the Allen and Heath is a better option to push me further forward. Um, yeah, Tom said again, uh, and even audio can enhance those uh, by being done well. Yeah, uh, and I, I would agree. I would say that people can tend to do deal with bad video, but bad audio uh, yeah. <laughs> it is is a big thing. And that, so, and uh, let's talk about that a little bit for a second as yeah. we wrap up. You know. Gary V is a, a guy that I will watch and listen and I, I, I respect him for his thought processes and I agree you got to hit just you know uh, like think media says you just got to hit record like I don't really care the quality as long as it, you're getting there and it's like I look at my old videos and what they look like the setup the coloring all that kind of stuff comparatively to now and it's like oh my gosh it's so drastically different I listen to his podcast and it's like some of them are hard to listen to because they're really bad audio, you know, and I've watched yeah. some videos of him that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm uh, like. Okay. But like the audio is fine and I can watch the video because I can hear everything that's going on. But like, I would say that your audio has to be good, at least not terrible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot that happens there. So, uh, your body can become fatigued from all sorts of different things. Right. Right. You work out, you get fatigued, you go for a run, something like that. Um, but there's auditory fatigue, and that's not just like 
hearing like it's, you hear a lot about um if you've been an engineer in one room for a while you become deaf to that room like it's it's good for you to move around to other venues yep. and kind of hear things and then come back to your venue and you will suddenly hear things that maybe you've become mm. deaf to right yeah yeah that, same, that type of process yep. but what can happen too is your your body will actually become physically tired from trying to distinguish the sounds yeah, you can only handle so many at one time, and so if you've got more more than that limit for you coming in, and and your brain is trying to distinguish them, but they're you know they're not mixed at the right levels, or there's distortion, or you had a little bit of a hum, so you bought a hum eliminator, and now you've just got a different <laughs> hum, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever the heck is going on there. Your audio is um, not grounded, so it's you know crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that sixty cycle loop is going on. Yep. Uh, so you got these things going on. It will physically tire people out now the same thing can happen i've gone and seen an, an opera in a really large facility one time uh carmen and not carmen the artist <laughs> like carmen the champion here right but mm. carmen the, uh but the the whole stage was like the sandstone kind of color and all the lighting on it was this color and nothing ever changed and they didn't drop it in to like let your eyes like rest for a minute and so by the end of that first movement, you're just, you're already tired. And though mm. it's a good, they were great performances and that sort of thing. The lighting director should have been booted because <laughs> it, you need to know that this is how it works. Like right. you have to have that understanding of things when you're going to go and, and do things on that level. Cause this was a fairly large performance thing. And I was like, man, how this time I'm going to get a headache from watching this, you know, or fall yeah. asleep or something like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, um, well, oh, sorry, did you, did you want to say something? I like to say this. Okay. Because this always brings me back to this because we're talking about audio and it being clear. And, uh, you know, I like to throw in a plug um, for this company that I've worked with. EM Technologies is really great. <laughs> um, so 1 Corinthians 14.8 says, again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who then will get ready for battle? So it's all about mm. that clear call. If it's muffled, if it's whatever, uh, the peoples will not get ready so i like to to throw that in there yeah no, that was great um all right with that thank you guys don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're on youtube smash the like button comment down below uh and then obviously subscribe to the podcast that you're listening to share it with a friend write a review again like i said write your you know write your favorite color your favorite band uh maybe your favorite recipe thing that you ate when you were a kid um those kind of things so maybe if you're uh, lucky we'll make it right here (laughs) (laughs) probably won't i'm not that great no Um, hopefully they put in like microwaved pizzas or something you know (laughs) (laughs) but uh guys thank you so much for watching and listening it really does mean the world to us we know that there's a lot of content out there and a lot of things you could be doing with your time and the fact that you're giving it to us uh really does uh matter and we do really appreciate it so um (laughs) nice (laughs) <laughs> so. yeah, and a shout out to tom mcguire here too we've uh that was really cool to uh to have him on here today he's like a like a another guest yeah no we really appreciate this kind of stuff and like with what tom's doing like commenting down below those kind of things like those are all things like we want to have this be more of a community and not just me and sean talking like we want you guys to ask us questions and comment on you know there's things that you guys have experienced in that maybe we haven't experienced or we have experienced and we're not thinking about right now then when you comment it like it goes oh yeah i totally remember this thing and like we can you know talk into that and help you guys so that's really important as well so 
So, Tom, thank you so much for commenting through this whole thing and being with us. And thanks for jumping from LinkedIn yeah. over to the whole YouTube <laughs> so that we get the get the consumption time. Do appreciate that. Uh, but we're going to wrap up. We're going to get out of here. So, again, the guys, thank you so much. And make sure you're enhancing, not distracting.